Welcome to the Humanitarian Incidents Podcast, brought to you by the Security Incident Information Management Project. Throughout the series, we'll look at different aspects and perspectives of incident information and humanitarian security risk management. Each episode features humanitarian experts from Geneva to South Sudan, doing everything from research to operations. We discuss how better understanding, management and use of incident information can improve organisations' risk management and access to crisis-affected populations. This first episode is called Incident Information, What Is It? And I'm speaking with Christina Villa, Director at Insecurity Insight. Christina Villa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Pleased to meet you. Can I ask you, first of all, just to remind us what you do at Insecurity Insight? Insecurity Insight, we are a so-called H2H, a humanitarian to humanitarian organization. And we are specialized in what we refer to as data on people in danger. We like to work with organizations in monitoring, reporting, analyzing and making sense of data from difficult environments in context of violence. For clarity then, since we're talking about security incident information management, what exactly is incident information and why is it important for the humanitarian and aid sector? Security incident information management refers to the practice and process of uh, learning from security events in uh, with the aim to adapting policies to make aid workers safer and to ensure the access to beneficiaries. We also call this approach the Magran Hassan model and recognition of the learning process that followed the tragic death of Margaret Hassan in Iraq in 2004. And why the Margaret Hassan model? Um, Margaret Hassan worked for Care International in 2004 when she was kidnapped and later killed. And she was 59 at the time, had been in the country for around 30 years, was married to an Iraqi, spoke Arabic really well, and her fate shocked the aid community. But it was this tragedy that sparked a learning process um, that changed the way security incident information was managed. And I believe this process actually saved many aid workers' lives since. Uh, Care International, who Margaret Hassan worked for at the time, was deeply saddened and shocked by the events and as a response to it they embarked on a systematic recording of all security events that uh, staff members reported and that really was the beginning of security incident information management that many agencies have adopted since then. Well the potential benefits there are obvious so how does this work in practice? Uh, Security incident information management really comes at many different levels within an organization. It is how um, surviving staff is dealt with after a threatening or violent um, event, how the debriefing is carried out and what support they get. But it's also a question of uh, human resource management, what kind of insurances to have and how to report claims. It is a very important issue of communication, both to uh, family members of of victim, but also the wider aid community and and the public. 
And finally, it is also extremely important in thinking about the uh, strategies for for the organization, their risk uh, risk thresholds they they are willing to take. There are many practical steps that people have to take at many different levels within an organization. Um, But at the level of the agency as a whole, it is necessary to engage in critical institutional learning on what went right and what went wrong. This means that the consequences and contributing factors are properly understood, acted upon in terms of protocols and guidelines, and are taken into account for wider strategic thinking on where the organization should work, how it should work, and how its vision and mandate should be presented. In a nutshell, a security incident information management is about learning and adaptation. Margaret Hassan's fate was so shocking because she seemed to be in the, perf- the perfect person for the job, who understood the context, integrated well and loved the country she worked in. Her tragedy underlined how the security context can suddenly change and what seemed to work in the past may no longer be true. Context changes are a critical element of security risk management. And this is why constant adaptation and learning is so crucial. It is essential that this issue is addressed across the whole agency and not just within the security department. So what got you interested in this line of work? I'm trained as a historian and I've always been concerned about tragic and violent events and have wondered what makes them reoccur or what prevents them from history repeating itself. And I think I've been trained to think about why these events happen and what could have been done differently and um, what lessons can be learned from them. And this is in a way what I'm applying to when I think about tragic events that happens to aid workers. Um, Thinking about how future events can be prevented was one of the motivations for starting to look at security incident information management. If we systematically look at the contributing patterns that culminate in that tragedy, I'm convinced that we can identify ways to adapt security policies to prevent future tragedies. And as a H2H humanitarian organization, Insecurity Insight works to strengthen analysis and trend analysis for security incidents. I can certainly see why this would interest you, but how did you get started? How did you get into this work? It was through the ICRC. I met a very inspiring war surgeon called Rob, uh, Robin Copeland. He's now retired, but um, at the time he had worked in various field hospitals where he saw the victims of landmines. And he started to collect information from these hospitals and published this study. And this study gave an idea of uh, how anti-personal landmines affected so many people. And this became the motivation for the ICRC to start working on this policy. And um, today we have the Ottawa Convention and as people say, the rest is history. Um, But I think it is really important to to think that history was made because some facts that happened in the past were systematically um, recorded. And so from this experience of being able to really trigger change, um, 
Robin Copeland contacted me in around 2007 because he had this idea that he wanted the ICRC to also look at how um, violence is uh, perpetrated against healthcare facilities. And he asked me to help him document these events. And for over three years, we, we did this. And in 2011, the ICRC published what was referred to as the 16 country case study. And this became the basis for the ICRC's Healthcare in Danger project. And I feel extremely happy every time I go to the ICRC building these days in Geneva when I see the big banner for Healthcare in Danger. Because what started as meticulously recording individual events has now become a big campaign with a focus on the impact on violence of healthcare. And to me, this is really proof of what changes you can bring about by looking at events and not forgetting them, but by documenting them and talking about it really changes the future and brings positive policy changes. Now, critics have pointed out that the data in the 16-country study and in many other reports in Security Insight puts out is not accurate. What's your reaction to that? I think the critics have a point. Um, the data is rarely accurate and actually never complete. This is because security incidents are never fully recorded. But the important thing is to improve our data the the way I think about it or the way I would respond to critics is to say, don't look at these studies as if you had binoculars and you want to use them to see what's happening in a faraway field, because then you're disappointed. All you see is a fuzzy picture and there's lots of missing information that's hidden by the clouds or the trees. So you can't really see it. So you shouldn't look at it for that. Rather, think of it as if it was a mirror that reflects back to the people who've put data into it of where they are, um, because the data tells us more about where we are as, uh, in security risk management in thinking about security for aid workers than the actual picture of, of the full situation. So trying to improve the data is a big part of what Insecurity Insights mission is. Um, but we are, always have to be realistic that the data will never be perfect. But it is better to use the evidence we have as effectively as possible rather than to ignore it. Most of all, it's important to use data to raise awareness of an issue and to use this to promote change. And you've just published a report on diverse profiles, and there's only five reports. Surely that can't be an accurate depiction. Uh, this is actually a great example you raised there. Um, yes, so we looked through the information that the 26 agencies who provide us with their security information have given us to see to what extent they reported that the diversity of staff affected their security. And all we could find were five cases, and they all were from African countries, from the DRC, Ethiopia, and South Sudan, and they were related to the ethnicity of their local staff. And I think what this highlights really is that there is an awareness among those writing these reports that ethnicity is a key issue in, in the conflict in these countries. So they recorded and reported. But I don't believe for a minute that in all the other countries and all the other contexts and different uh, profiles aid workers have related to their ethnicity, their religion or their sexual orientation or where they're from, 
does not affect their insecurity. But the interesting thing is that this is not recorded and um, shared. So this is the, um, and this is why we've put out the data to encourage people to think about it. So a little bit to hold up the mirror uh, in front of them. And I do believe this actually leads to change. We did something similar in 2011, where we produced a study um, on how violence was differently experienced by men and women. And at the time, the information on how many aid workers were actually men and women was extremely poor. But since then, many organizations have started to record it uh, more accurately, and it helps to do better analysis. So I believe by putting out poor data, uh, this is a really great way to start a dialogue and ultimately to encourage agencies to change. Have there been many changes in security incident management over the years? Oh, so much has changed since Margaret Hassan's death in 2004. Um, to my knowledge, no organisation recorded security incidents uh, before then. Today, many do. Um, there are many processes developed around it. There are protocols. Uh, it is extraordinary how things have changed. But at the same time, so much more needs to be done. I think we're only at the beginning of the story of how security incident information management is going to change agencies because there's so much more potential um, of how this information, this evidence can actually uh, change organizations. Now, we all think of incident information as having a role in security management, but how else can it be useful? It can be used in so many different areas. I mean, first of all, there's advocacy. So, for example, Insecurity Inside is working with the Global Coalition on Safeguarding Healthcare in Conflict, and we're working uh, with the Coalition on Protecting Education from Attack. And these are two important advocacy campaigns of central humanitarian concerns. There's also the issue of explosive weapons. All these topics come out really very clearly in the security incident information. Um, but it also should really help with project management that people know much better their environment in which they work. Um, there are issues around um, planning and budgeting that, for which this evidence is actually really important in duty of care. It is, uh, it is essential. And for communications, organizations need to think of how to talk about their own mission within particular context and also with uh, about humanitarian space uh, in general. But for all of this, to have this true impact, it is really important that agencies share incidents and don't just look at their own security incidents. Why is that? Why is sharing of security incident information so important? Well, if agencies respond only to their own tragedies, then the process of learning is much slower and potentially more lives are lost. However, if agencies come together and learn from each other, then the progress is much faster and I believe better. And therefore, it is really important that security incidents are pooled and that people can learn from the overall trends that are within that data and that we move beyond just dissecting a single event of, um, of an incident. And there are many examples of why sharing is highly beneficial to, to agencies. Um, smaller organizations, for example, 
just don't have enough staff on the ground to be sure that whatever comes out in their reported security incidents is actually representing a trend. We had, for example, one small agency contacting us because they noticed that uh, they had two reports of attempted armed robberies in one African country over the few months, and they were wondering whether this was just a coincidence or whether this was a general trend. And we then looked at the information provided to Insecurity Insight through other agencies, and we discovered that uh, many other agencies had also reported one or two attempted or successful armed robberies. So there really seemed to have been something going on. But I don't think this trend would have been detected had it not been that people had pooled that data in one single place where it became possible that uh, several times one incident actually is something of a trend. And for bigger agencies, there is also a real benefit in looking at shared information. I know of several examples where headquarters were concerned that perhaps the reporting from some country office or regional office wasn't quite what would be ideal. And by looking at information that was either reported in open sources or by other agencies, they were able to engage with a dialogue with uh, their offices in order to encourage them to start reporting incidents that headquarters knew had actually um, occurred. Um, so, I believe sharing of information is absolutely essential if we really want to get the most out of this learning process from tragic events. Um, and also, I think if agencies actually put the data together, then the risk to their reputation from individual events become much less because it is always possible to the to refer to the general context in, in understanding events. So I'd, I believe there is a real benefit uh, to learning and to the individual organizations from sharing incident information. Many agencies continue to be reluctant to share incident information how do you think they can be reassured? This is a very legitimate concern. And I think agencies are very right to be very mindful of data protection. Um, data protection of victims is absolutely crucial. And there's clearly also the confidentiality issue for agencies. And there is a lot of information that should not be in the public domain. Um, and that's why I think openly and directly sharing information is difficult and may not actually be possible. But that is exactly where Insecurity Insight comes in as a facilitating platform. Um, we, on the one hand, we guarantee that the information that agencies get back from us is from a legitimate source because we know the contributing agencies and we trust that they provide us with accurate information. And on the other hand, we anonymize the information in a way and put it all together that when it is shared with others, it is no longer possible to identify who reported this event. So many of the confidentiality and the security concerns are no longer there because it's, it is just not possible to know where exactly the information came from. And I think a very good place to see um, 
the shared data and how sharing of data can really help a broader learning process is the humanitarian data exchange run by OCHA, where Insecurity Insight also publishes uh, selected information on security events, but where it's also possible to relate this information to all sorts of other programming um, context data uh, for agencies. And if agencies would like to contribute, what do they need to do? If you want to become a partner agency in the Aid and Danger or Securities and Numbers project, um, all you need to do is being willing to share your incident data with Insecurity Insight. We guarantee not to pass it on to anybody uh, else directly, but only in an aggregate form uh, and in the form of analysis. Um, you don't need to have your data in any particular format. In whatever system you have it, it's it's good enough. You don't need to worry if your data is actually not accurate or only from certain parts um, of the world. Insecurity Insight will help you to put it into the right format. And if you think that your data actually isn't really good enough for sharing, I would encourage to do it anyway, because for many agencies, the process of sharing has been an extremely beneficial way of improving data. So to become a partner, really all you need to do is get in contact with us and let us know that you're interested and we can go from there and the time input on your end is minimal. But I think the benefit for the whole community is is really quite large. And you'd probably find for your organization also, it, it will actually be a very beneficial uh, process of learning and adaptation. Christina Villa, thank you very much for joining me today. It's my pleasure. You can find out more about Christina Villa at insecurityinsight.org. In episode two, I'll be speaking to Phil Candy, security advisor at Medair. The Security Incident Information Management Project builds the capacity of NGOs to undertake speedier security-related information management and sharing, thereby strengthening humanitarian response. And the project is supported by the European Interagency Security Forum, Insecurity Insight and Redar UK and is funded by EU Humanitarian Aid. I'm Robert Cutmore. Thank you for listening.